just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Good evening. Welcome to South Coast tonight. Hope you guys enjoyed the Pats game last night. I'm Marcus Farrow. Chris McCarthy will not be here with us tonight. He should be back tomorrow. Uh, but now we're joined by state rep from Seekonk, Steve Howitt. Hi, Rep Howitt. How are you? Hey, good, Marcus. How are you? Good. So um, you have uh, you had legislation that was passed through the House um, that was aimed at curbing the theft of catalytic, con- uh, catalytic converters. I know that there was con- some concern that it wouldn't pass the Senate in time, and my understanding is that it did not? Well, we still have another couple weeks. So, oh, okay. Uh, we have our fingers crossed. We're lobbying hard to try and get it uh, put before the informal session so that way it can be sent to the governor and signed. Uh, as you're aware, uh, New Bedford just recently uh, arrested three individuals uh, for uh, stealing catalytic converters. And what people don't realize, aside from the fact that uh, it causes uh, inconvenience uh, and an expense in many cases, especially if someone does not have comprehensive, I would recommend to your listeners, given the extent of the crime wave that not only we have in, in Massachusetts, but throughout the country, that they check with their insurance to see if they have comprehensive and that it would cover uh, a stolen catalytic converter. So... Um, you're a car guy. I'm not a car guy. Uh, I don't know what a catalytic converter is. Um. Okay. A catalytic converter was required by the government in the early 80s to be put on all cars. And what it does is that uh, through palladium, uh, platinum, and rhodium, which are all very expensive minerals, it um, helps to uh, take the pollutants out of the car exhaust. So you have a catalytic converter and then you have a muffler. So it goes from the engine to the exhaust manifold to a catalytic converter to the muffler to the exhaust pipe. And through that process, when it goes through the catalytic converter, which is a very, it burns very hot, it will burn off a lot of the uh, carbons that are expelled from the engine. Is the fact that it contains uh, expensive minerals the reason why it's so hot on the market? Well, that's part of it. And then there are people who uh, buy them and resell them to, let's say, a repair shop that has a particular car that had a stolen catalytic converter that a customer brought in. They can't find one, a used one, uh, or I should say they cannot find a aftermarket one because of the supply chain problems. So they may look online. You can go to Facebook Marketplace and you find... Uh, uh, people advertising buying and selling catalytic converters. And, you know, who knows where these cats, as I, uh, I say cats, because that's what the, the um, lingo is, uh, where they came from. <laughs> We're speaking There's with no serial number on these catalytic converters. We're speaking with State Rep Steve Howitt. Uh, he put forward a bill that passed the House that's supposed to curb the, um, the theft and sale of catalytic converters, and um, it's currently sitting in the Senate. So, um, Rep. Howitt, do you, have you had any conversations with, um, with uh, Senate President Spilka about this bill? Do you have any 
confidence? I, I, I had, I asked, uh, the. it's a bipartisan bill. Right. Um, many Democrats have signed on to it in the House, so. and there are many Democrat senators that I've spoken to, aside from the three, three Republicans out of 40 <laughs> in the Senate. Right. But uh, I, I did speak with Bruce Tarr and uh, asked him to present it for me, which he did. Uh, he is working on it, as well as a number of legislative agents who represent organizations such as new car dealers, Mass State Police, um, uh, a vast number uh, uh, of other, uh, the Mass, uh, what is it, the Mass, not the Mass State Police, but the Mass Police Chiefs Association. Um, they they all uh, feel that this is necessary. There, I, I believe there are over 25 states that already have some legislation dealing with catalytic converters uh, on the books. And this would be another state. In fact, today I spoke with a representative in Rhode Island who wants to put forth a bill uh, which would only enhance uh, any other bills on neighboring states to make it more difficult to dispose of these catalytic converters. We're speaking with uh, State Rep. Steve Howitt. Uh, he has a bill on the uh, that passed the House that's in the Senate that will is aimed at curbing and uh, curbing the sale and uh, theft of catalytic converters. There were two uh, there were ca- uh, two catalytic converter thieves in New Bedford that were recently uh, picked up by the Bristol County DA's office. So, Rep. Howitt, um, how does uh, how does this bill um, if it if it's act, uh, enacted into law, how will it uh, curb the uh, theft and sale of catalytic converters? Well, what we're trying to do is to help dry up the market. Uh, what it would do is any uh, scrapyard, licensed scrapyard, or a licensed use secondary uh, used uh, dealer, because there are different licenses that different companies uh, do get in order to be in business legally to deal in uh, scrap and catalytic converters. Um, it would require... Uh, the person bringing the catalytic converter in to show an ID and to give a chain of custody, custody as to where this car, this catalytic converter came from. Uh, it would also require the scrapyard to hold that catalytic converter. Uh, it would allow police to review the, uh, the uh, log of who brought in the catalytic converter and how often that person might be bringing in a catalytic converter. Uh, and then the person would no longer be able to be paid in cash. They would be paid uh, with a check. Again, it creates a chain of custody and a uh, a chain to see where and who are bringing in catalytic converters. So it would discourage these people from going locally, which would in turn cause them to try and find another market. And hopefully if enough states, bordering states, make it difficult, now all these catalytic converters have to uh, go someplace and uh, uh, again, it, it makes it more difficult for them to find a market uh, for people to buy these catalytic converters. My- it, doesn't, it doesn't stop the theft. That's a very difficult thing to do unless you catch a person in the act with a, right. with a reciprocating saw that's battery powered. Hmm. Uh, one of my uh, friend of mine uh, has been hit twice. I actually had a pickup truck uh an f-250 an earlier model that was stolen and it was recovered with the catalytic converter cut off and naturally the uh, steering column jacked and i think it cost me about twenty five hundred dollars to get it repaired because it wasn't covered under insurance i did not have uh comprehensive on it well if 
it becomes uh, much more difficult to sell. It would probably disincentivize the theft uh, of catalytic converters. Am I correct? About I, that? I think it would, and uh, you know, now I'm the the few bad eggs in the in the business, if there are some. Uh, it would discourage them to look, turn the other eye and say, okay, why don't you just bring those in and we don't care where they came from. More than uh, I think half the other states have this. I think I read that it was 26 states. Um, I, I, I believe so. So we're speaking with uh, State Rep Steve Howitt. So um, are there any concerns uh, that have been raised uh, with the with this bill? I know it passed the House without a lot of without any objection. Uh, I, I understand there are some concerns from uh, some large uh, large businesses uh, that are in the scrap business, uh, more national business, more national uh, businesses uh, that uh, look at various states. They have uh, uh, business within the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. There has been some concern from their end, uh, maybe because it means a little bit more uh, paperwork but I think anyone who would be against this is uh, pretty much aiding and abetting the thieves because they're encouraging them to uh, continue in this uh, illegal activity. And you filed this out of, I, you know, you said you had a car that was stolen uh, right. in the catalytic. This is something that you've heard from your constituents and people throughout uh, this area and throughout the Commonwealth that this is a big problem. Oh, it is. New car dealers getting jacked. I was told the other day, just in Rhode Island, for example, there's a company in Smithfield that puts bodies on uh, on cabin chassis. And in one night, uh, they had uh, their, a bunch of trucks stored outside at a, um, uh, an adjacent property. And they went in and I was told, you know, and I, I did not uh, know whether or not this is true, but I was told that there were over 100 catalytic converters stolen in one evening. We're speaking with State Rep. Steve Howard. He filed a bill uh, that passed the House that's in the Senate that is aimed at curbing the sale of uh, stolen catalytic uh, uh, stolen catalytic uh, converters. So, um, is there has there been um, any support? Like, so, let's say this bill is is enacted into law, and they have to rep- uh, the these dealerships and scrapyards they have to report to the police whenever they receive a catalytic converter they, no, have to... they don't they they don't have to report they just have to have a log that's a available log. for the police to review should okay. the police departments uh want them to uh provide it and again most uh you know a lot of scrapyards there are people who are we call them gypsies who are independents and they buy scrap and you know you'll see an ad we buy scrap or whatever mm-hmm. who go into these uh salvage yards it's not going to affect them but if you bring in a catalytic converter, you have to prove where it came from. Yeah. And when you get paid for that catalytic converter, the company has to write you a check. And uh, it has to they have to hold it for 10 days. They would have to hold the catalytic converter on their premise uh, for 10 days. And we're talking used, not new catalytic converters. Would there be... So uh, if it's if this log's available to the police, if there's a record of these catalytic converter... Um, transactions would this uh allow the police to trace catalytic converters back to their original owners we would hope it would because uh part of it would they would have to give information as to the make and model of the vehicle uh, of where the catalytic converter came from so 
We're speaking with State Rep. Steve Howity. He has a bill that's uh, currently in the Senate uh, that uh, already passed the House that is aimed at curbing the th- uh, the, um, the the sale of stolen catalytic converters. Um, so is there anything else uh, on this legislation that people should know about? Uh, I think uh, that pretty much covers it. Um, there are some fines, uh, and uh, I think that's important also. Okay. But I think in the end, Again, it, it, for people to fully understand, it, we already have laws on theft, but what this does is it tries to drive the market. And if we can get more states to follow through, then it becomes more and more difficult for these uh, thieves to dispose of the uh, items because many of them aren't sophisticated enough to break them open and know what the platinum or the palladium. I mean, I've been told by law enforcement that organized crime uh, is involved in uh, these uh, catalytic converted thefts. California, I believe, ranks number one in catalytic thefts. Uh, so you take a car like a Prius, and that is a very popular vehicle to hit right. uh, because I believe it has two or three catalytic converters on it. But pickup trucks, you can easily roll underneath it with a sawzall. You're in and out in under five five minutes. Uh, people who park in uh, 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 shopping centers are being hit. New car dealerships are being hit. Uh, even on camera, uh, you know, these they're very sophisticated. They, they may come in with a stolen plate or a stolen car uh, so that even if you have cameras, uh, you're not going to be able to find these people. It's very difficult. The, the police almost have to find them in the act. So because of the difficulty of of catching the the thief in the act it's the idea of how they're going to fence it many a few years ago they had pawn shops PWN pawn shops uh very similar where people coming in with goods have to prove where it came from and they have to provide information so therefore uh should it be a stolen property uh it would be another tool for the police to try and find who perpetrated that uh, theft and uh, where that that particular property came from? So, uh, Rep. Howitt, this you know, th- it's in currently the you, you guys are in informal sessions. This has to pass the Senate with unanimous consent. So only what if even one senator objected to it, it would have to it wouldn't pass. But uh, let's say it it doesn't pass, you'd have to refile the bill. And I think you've been on record saying it could take quite a while for um, yes. this bill to come uh, to be enacted into law. As you know, we have a two-year session. And right. fortunately, I was reelected, so I will be able to refile if necessary. Uh, the problem is, is that there are over 5,000 bills that are filed every, every session. Right. And so it would have to go through the whole process again through the various committees and, uh, um, you know, as I said, it could be a year. And in the meantime, you have people who are suffering financially. You yeah. have people who are suffering from not being able to use their vehicle uh, and uh, uh, the inconvenience. So uh, I doubt there would be any, any of my colleagues who would vote against it. Um, it's just a matter of moving it through the process. And, um, again, unfortunately, we're at the end of the session and uh, there are a lot of bills that still need to be heard, and so it's a matter of getting it queued up. I'm hoping that the Senate president uh, feels that uh, it's an important enough bill that affects every constituent and every person that owns a car in Massachusetts. Um, 
and uh, you know it would rise somewhat to the top to be heard and hopefully pass before the session ends. Do you have any idea why it hasn't yet? Why we're so close to the end of the session and it hasn't passed? Uh, I can't. I can't speak for uh, the Senate or the Senate President's office, or um, you know that's something that they would have to uh, uh, provide. But as I said, they do have a lot of bills that they are reviewing before the end of the session. And uh, uh, this was a late file, uh, which was able to be moved through pretty quickly through the House. And uh, many people from both sides of the aisle worked very hard and diligently to get it passed and move through the House. And it's just unfortunate that, uh, you know, we're, time is working against us. So I saw, I looked at uh, just a cursory glance at your co-sponsors. I saw some South Coast uh, representation. I saw I saw uh, Paul Schmidt as well. It signed on to this bill. I know a lot of these reps have already signed on to pass the House. So how can, if people want to um, uh, advocate for this bill, how would they go about uh, doing well, that? They could, they could call the State House uh, 617-722-2000 and ask to speak to, uh, to their senator and ask that they uh, push this through. So we're speaking with State Rep Steve, uh, Steve Howitt of Seekonk. Um, so just to, you said this was a bipartisan bill. I'm just curious because, you know, you're a member of a, I think a, a, a fairly shrinking minority in the House. Is it, how do you navigate legislative, uh, is it more difficult to, for you to navigate your legislative um, goals being a member uh, of the minority? Sometimes it is, but, you know, if you have good legislation, it really doesn't matter whether it's Democrat or Republican. Good legislation is good legislation. Right. Um, so Steve Rep of uh, uh, Seekonk, he's got a bill that that is, um, if it is enacted into law, it's currently sitting in the Senate, will... Uh, aim at uh, aim to curb the sa- the uh, elite uh, sale of stolen catalytic uh, converters. So, uh, Rep. Howitt, um, I got one more question. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. One of your former legislative aides is running for city council here. Do you have any impressions of his uh, just his work as a le- uh, as a legislative aide under uh, uh, under you, Jake Ventura? Uh, he was he was wonderful. I was sad to le- uh, lose them. Uh, unfortunately, you know, legislative aides move on. The salary isn't as great as it should be. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm, he was uh, very efficient and very, worked very well on both sides of the aisle uh, with the other aides and the other uh, reps uh, at the time uh, that he did uh, work in my office. Uh, I was very lucky to have him. State Rep. Steve Howe to Seekonk, I appreciate you coming on uh, to uh, talk about this legislation. I hope it passes. Um, if not, uh, we'll have you back on to talk about this and maybe some other uh, legislative goals that you have throughout the next session. That would be wonderful. I appreciate it. Now, uh, just a question. Is your show a call-in or is it just a, um, a show going out? Because uh, when I was uh, on the Dan Ray show recently, yeah. uh, people called in, and it was amazing how many people had their own stories of uh, having catalytic converters uh, stolen from their vehicles. We have uh, we we do a call-in show, and uh, we also have uh, app chat messages, so we'll probably get some people throughout the program that uh, will call in and send app chat messages. I know we've had uh, had that throughout our day programming, as well as you know after the uh, New Bedford uh, catalytic converter thief. So hopefully we'll have some more discussion on this going forward. Well, I hope you'll uh, send me some of the uh, 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 notices that you receive regarding this. But again, um, you know, it's very important uh, for all these people to contact uh, whoever their rep is and ask uh, that uh, they support it 
and that they can do anything possible to try and get it moved through the Senate before the end of the session. State Rep. Steve Howard from Seekonk, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. That was State Rep. Uh, State Rep. C, uh, Steve, uh, Steve Howitt from Seekonk. He has that legislation um, that is aimed at curbing the um, sale of stolen catalytic converters. Catalytic converters uh, theft has been a big problem here throughout the South Coast and throughout the Commonwealth. Again, you you saw that the Bristol County DA's office had just tracked down. Uh, two individuals who had stolen catalytic converters um, before. So if you have any uh, questions or if you have want to talk about it, if you have your own experience with catalytic converters, you can give us a call or shoot us an app chat message at 508-996-0500. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. New Bedford's News Talk Station. I know, I know, uh, I know. Jess has played Harry Harry Styles before, but uh, it's it's a great album, so I'll play some Harry Styles too. Welcome back to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can get on the program. We also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. That was Rep. Steve Howitt. He's a Republican state rep from Seekonk, uh, and he has a bill uh, that was passed with bipartisan support through the House uh, and is currently in the Senate um, that will that aims to curb the sale of uh, stolen catalytic converters. Um, the same law exists in 26 other states. Uh, so they're, you know, you'll remember in New Bedford, they just caught two catalytic, con- or they, they caught two people that were accused of st- uh, stealing catalytic convert, uh, catalytic converters and, uh, and selling them. It would require, uh, it would qu- require, um, people who buy catalytic converters to have a record uh, for the police to access if they would like. They would require um, uh, the person who bought the catalytic converter to hold it for 10 days before reselling it. Uh, It would create uh, fines, a system of fines up to $2,500 for uh, failing to properly carry out the, the, the laws and regulations regarding the sale of catalytic converters. So again, this uh, that's that that law exists in 26 other uh, other states. I also appreciate Rep. How him being a car guy, him <laughs> explaining to me what a uh, catalytic converter is. Um, so that because uh, I'm not a car guy, um, much to my my late father's uh, chagrin, he he was always I'd always have to ask him car questions. Uh, I still don't know car stuff. I know a little car stuff, but I don't know. Some people are car people. Some people are not car people. I am firmly entrenched in the latter category of not being a car person. So if you want to support that bill, you can. Calling your state senator, calling your state rep, and letting them know uh, about that um, uh, about that law and why you think it's, uh, why you think it's important. So um, I like... I think that I think it's a good law because um, it doesn't. I'm I'm 
you know, this is a problem. It's a crime that's happening and it's devastating people financially. There's often little recourse or little, uh, little ability to, um, to find the people that did that, to, uh, receive your catalytic converters back. This, I think, makes it disincentivizes the sale of catalytic converters in, um, uh, for people, because if they make it harder, if the police have to get, uh, have, if they have to have, uh, records of it for the police to, um, to, to look, uh, to hold, and they, if they have to write an actual check, if the tra- transaction has to be recorded, then it will be more difficult and less profitable for people to steal the catalytic converter if there's a substantial amount of risk involved in that. I do like that. I, I you know, because typically when, you know, there's a crime that's happening and there's a problem with it, some one of the solutions oftentimes is to uh, try to enforce stricter penalties, criminal penalties on that. And I'm never really, I'm never ever, I'm never a fan of that because I always think that ends up disproportionately affecting people who are typically already pretty brutally impacted by um, the disadvantages in the criminal justice system. But this, I think, uh, really looks at the market and tries to drive up the market, uh, tries to dry up the market on stolen catalytic converters. So that's a big problem. Again, if you want to if you want to lobby your state rep or your state senator um, to get that bill passed, there's two I think there's, there's two weeks left of informal sessions. So basically, with informal sessions, how that works. So they have two-year sessions, and on usually, uh, typically, two-year sessions. The sessions end in an election year for the state legislature. So this year, the sessions ended on January, July thirty-first. And you'll remember all those crazy things happened on July thirty-first. The, um, the, the. Uh, the gambling bill and a bunch of other things that were passed. And there was some things that didn't pass like the economic development bill that ended up passing in the, in the informal sessions. Now with informal sessions, the difficulty is with informal sessions is that you need unanimous consent. So um, there's no roll call voting. So there's some law, some bills that you can't pass or some bills that you can pass, but you need roll call voting, which means, every, you know, I mean, you can't do roll call voting. So any bill that needs a roll call voting, like borrowing money where people have to go and say, I, you know, um, they can't, they can't do it, but in informal sessions, they just need unanimous consent basically, you know, so like a voice, I think more or less a voice vote and, you know, Rep Hallett says he doesn't believe that, doesn't see why anybody, any elected official, any, you know, Senator would be opposed to this, all would be opposed to this law. So again, you can, I'll have a column on that tomorrow. But you can call your state rep, you can call the state house, you can call your state senator and ask them to lobby for that law. And that was Rep. Steve Howitt from uh, from Seekonk advocating for that law. 508-996-0500 saying in the program. Rep. Howitt is a member of a caucus that, this is another story I want to talk about because it was pretty crazy, um, a member of a caucus that has as of now, shrunken by two. I think there was 29 Republican reps in the House. There are now 27. I believe that's the math, or 26, actually, shrunken by three. Because Tim Whalen, who ran, who left his seat, 
uh, in Brewster on the Cape to run for Barnstable County Sheriff. He lost to Donna Buckley, who I had on the program. Uh, you'll remember the new the new Barnstable County Sheriff. His seat was filled by a Democrat. His seat was taken by a Democrat. There is a state rep in up uh, in the northern part of the county, I believe in ex, uh, Essex County, Lenny Mira. He was a Republican state rep. He lost his state rep seat by a single vote. Margaret Scarsdale uh, beat a Democrat. Margaret Scarsdale beat Lenny Mira, Republican state rep, by a single vote. One vote. Your vote matters in these local elections a great deal. I hope you, you know, and I, I hope these 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 vote tallies are uh, indicative of that. I hope you, that's the one takeaway I think you can you can have from these from these state rep elections is that one vote flipped a guy out of his seat, state rep Lenny Mira, and uh, on the North Shore towards Gloucester, I think Gloucester in Pepperell. Uh, there was a state rep seat that was held by a Republican for a long time. That seat was flipped. That seat was also flipped. Um, the Republican had left. Uh, she retired. Um, and that, the Democrat won in that race by seven votes. And what's interesting about that race uh, up in the North Shore is that uh, Jim Lyons and Jim Lyons Circle, his friends, this is uh, what Howie Carr had said last week, um, had were lobbying basically were advocating for a write-in campaign because the state the state rep Republican state rep candidate over there was like friendly with Charlie Baker and more I guess gravitated toward that wing of the party and so they had a they had a write-in campaign in that in that race and again the republic the Republican candidate in a state a seat that they held for years lost by seven votes there were about sixty. I think 68 write-ins, 68 write-ins in a state rep race is quite a, quite a bit. So needless to say, if those state rep, if even a few of those, state, eight, let's just say eight of those um, state rep candidates had uh, flipped their, um, had, uh, had decided not to, I mean, state rep voters had decided to vote for the Republican on the ballot instead of the Jim Lyons candidate. They would have held that seat. Um, now I've been, I, you know, everybody's been big to blame Lyons for all the problems in the state GOP, uh, the state GOP, and he is a problem for them. He's not, he's not doing a good job. He's not running good candidates. And it's obviously, you know, decimating the Republicans, very slim electoral, um, foothold in the, in the state. I think the problems are a little bit more broad than that, than just him. I don't think ever, anything's changed by just getting rid of him, but I think that shows you know, I think these I think these down ballot races have shown that there is, I think, a significant. Um, I think a significant problem with the state leadership and their ability to do their job, the state GOP leadership and their ability to do their job, which is helping Republicans win down ballot races. Now, me personally, I'm OK with it. <laughs> you know, I'm OK with it, but. I think if you're a Republican, you're probably like, you know, what the hell? And I know the state rep that lost the seat by one vote had previously said, and he said on Howie Carr that he, or he, 
someone said it to him. Uh, the one of the uh, the candidates who's running for uh, against Jim Lyons, Amy Carnevale, she had said to uh, the Lenny Mira had said to him, "I feel like the state party actually hurt me this time instead of helped me," which they definitely did. They they hurt a lot of down ballot uh, Democrats. I think to include Tom Hodgson. Right. I think to include Tom Hodgson, Tom Hodgson lost a close election and obviously Hero ran a great campaign. He campaigned his tail off. But I think if the state, you know, if there was a more cohesive state party and with a with better candidates higher up on the ballot, I think that race could have gone the other way. Five zero eight nine nine six. 0500 is hanging in the program. Tell you what, I'm going to take a break now and we'll be right back. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. 1420 WBSM, where freedom of speech lives. Marcus McCarthy. South Coast Tonight is the place to react to all of the day's news and where they make some news of their own. Back to the talk now on WBSM. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus, 508-996-0500 is how you get the program. Chris, uh, we'll be back tomorrow, and we're going to have a special guest in studio, Ted Nisi from Channel 12 WPRI is going to be joining us in studio. We're really excited. You know, we've had Ted on the program quite a bit during the election season, uh, actually. Um, cool. Uh, the... Uh, the... Um, during the election season, and uh, we had, um, uh, you know, he called in actually on election night when Chris and I pirated the uh, when Chris and I pirated the uh, the airwaves when we when we took the board back from the uh, syndicated programming and stayed on for an extra hour to get some more results in the Bristol County Sheriff's race. Ted Nisi was just driving home and uh, he he called in. He was part of our election night special too. So he's going to come in studio. We're going to talk politics. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully, you guys can call in, uh, send some app chat messages at five zero eight nine nine six. Oh, 0500 that's how you can get on so uh that was steve howard again at the beginning of the program if you got any stories on catalytic converters i'm definitely interested in hearing them but i'm interested in hearing whatever you got to say at 508-996-0500 good evening hi good evening what's up yeah i was listening uh to the political guest uh and uh yeah i'm in favor of what he's doing i you know i, I wish him the best he should i think uh it's common sense stuff yeah i, I think he'll get it passed yeah, I hope so. I mean, the, I'm the, happy that somebody's concerned about. It. I know, I know, Senate uh, exactly. It's a big problem. I know Senate President Spilka hadn't responded to uh, other media outlets for comment on whether or not the bill was going to be passed. But uh, you know, like Rep. Howitt said, I don't. He doesn't know why a elected official, you know, in the Senate wouldn't uh, wouldn't support it. So, well, it's always a sixty-four hour question when yeah. you when right. you got something that uh, apparently. Uh, he started through, and uh, I, I thought he made a good acquittal of himself. That uh, I think he's sure-footed and level-headed on this, and uh, yeah. to have a problem with the Senate, uh, I'm guessing he's uh, kind of new at the game, and maybe no, he's been he's been around for a while. He 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 he's been in, he's been in the state house for about ten years, but he's in the state house. He's in the state senate's you know its own body with its own you know with its own people and you know whatever issues they may have uh with the uh with the legislation but 
you know, I, I think it might just be a matter of, uh, you know, priorities for Spilka. Maybe Spilka isn't prioritizing this this legislation. Well, I think if it fails, I think it's strong enough to um, create what they call a referendum. Yeah, I, it could be. I think, it's, I think it's got that much legs. It could be. I mean, you know, by the time the referendum would come around to the ballot would be 2024. Uh, yeah, so hopefully he'd get it. Hopefully he get it passed by then. You know? the wrong time to submit the right thing legislatively. Could have been. And, uh, it's been going on for tens of years, so I mean, right. it's better late than never for the people who who will help. Yeah. I mean, it's a hell of a thing to get lose a, uh, an expensive item like that and really have no recourse to make yourself whole again. You're victimized twice. Why the insurance company's not going to help you? And there's nowhere to run to. I, I just think, though, this would be a slam dunk if we did have a registry of motor vehicles uh, uh, police force like we had years ago. The registry of motor vehicles had law enforcement people. This would be, uh, I'm, I'm telling you, they would lobby this politician. This thing would get passed overnight. Yeah. Because um, the uh, the registry used to have a lot of clout. They, they were the ones out there if you had a, an automobile with a bad fender or a bump hanging off of it or a cardboard window on the side and that was their job that way and speeding and everything else but it seems like we lumped everything onto our local constabulatory and i don't know how the hell they can enforce any of this yeah no i i i hear you it, it's definitely in a age, yeah in an age of computers the registry police would be the most dynamic thing going yeah and, you know, when you get a registry ticket, I want to hear anybody say they ever got a registry ticket, fix it, city hall. <laughs> Never happened. Hey, Never I, got, happened. I got a long break. I got to take it, but uh, call back. Take that long break. All right. I'm, uh, I'm glad you brought them on. It was very informative. Good. Great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank you very much. WBSM is hosting Santa. Santa is going to be here on Friday with Chris and me. He's going to take calls. So you have your kids, your grandkids, even if you want to call Santa yourself and ask and tell him what you want for Christmas. We'd love to have you on. So that's going to be from uh, at seven o'clock, seven to uh, seven to eight. Uh, Santa Claus himself will be here in studio on Friday. So you can give us a call or you can have uh, your kids or your grandkids, your nieces, nephews, cousins, whoever, have your kids call Santa and uh, tell him what you want. And uh, he he can probably get it. He's Santa after all. So I'm really excited for that on Friday. That's put on by the uh, New Bedford uh, Firefighters Local 841 uh, Union. And um, I'm really, really looking forward to it. I think that's going to be a great uh, event. So all right, we've got Jeremy Borges and, and uh, Chris from the uh Cape uh, Hell's Angels, Cape Cod. They're going to be on at 8.05 to talk about a toy drive they're holding. So we will talk to you on the other side of the news break. Um, I have a column actually on that on WBSM.com.